good morning. It is just after 8.20 on the 27th of September 2018. It is a Thursday. It's a crisp morning out. The transition to fall, autumn, has begun and is definitely noticeable. This is the first day since coming to Michigan that I've seen my breath. Probably about 50, upper 50s, low 60s out right now, at least in the shade, which is where the temperature is recorded. A lot of people don't know that, that when the temperature is taken, it's done in the shade. My wife didn't know that until I told her that. She said, she seemed kind of surprised. And I said, well, if you took the temperature in the sun, and I only knew this because my dad told me back when I was a kid, I asked him why he put the, I said, we had, we had a porch and there was a, a dial thermometer there. I think it had some images of birds on it, desert birds, a, a wren or something. And it would say something like 90 degrees. And I'd say, it's not 90 degrees standing in the sun. It feels like it's 120 or something. He said, yeah, that's because you're in the sun. And I said, well, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He said, well, that's not what the, where the temperature is taken. It's because it'd be much higher, and I think it, it depends on the surface. So the, the shade temperature is, is what is, is taken. I don't, maybe, maybe you could get a in the sun temperature. I'm not, I don't know. I have no idea. Taking a walk over to the typical parking garage that I walk around in. I've done one of these talk walks each day for the past week, but the last two, Tuesday and Wednesday, I have deleted because, I don't know, it just, they weren't I didn't feel like I, I went anywhere with them. They just kind of rambled around and around and I repeated myself multiple times and I wasn't getting anywhere. I wasn't, I wasn't making any kind of a point. So I decided, screw it, I'm going to delete it. Um, but that kind of ties into what I have been talking about both of these days that I've deleted the conversation. Both times I was talking about the difference between doing something in one fell swoop and doing something repeatedly over and over. I could summarize what my talks have been about with a single sentence. And that sentence would be, the pyramids were not built in a day. Now, it doesn't mean to say that there aren't exceptions. Of course, there are exceptions where you knock out a big project in one fell swoop. Or you get a burst of inspiration and you just go, Oh, I've got to work on this project and I've got to get it all done as quick as I possibly can. Yeah, that happens, of course, of course. 
not saying that it doesn't by any means. It absolutely does. The most I've ever written in a single sitting is a touch over 10,000 words, which is roughly 30 pages in, in a Word document, single spaced, 12 point times text size. It's a lot of writing. It's, it's just kind of pounding away for, I think, four to six hours straight with, with maybe a, 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 a piss break. And the reason I did that was because it was the first time I was taking part in the NaNoWriMo National Novel Writing Month, which is November. It starts exactly 12.01 a.m., November 1st, just the, the, the night right after or the midnight of Halloween, and then it goes until uh, December. You've got to write an average of 2,333, something like that, words a day. Basically, 2,400 words a day. If you do that, then you complete NaNoWriMo. There you go. Which isn't super hard to do, but it's also not extremely easy to do either. And by the time you're, you're done with that, you'll have 50-odd thousand words. That's the goal, right? 50,000 words, which is at the very bottom end of a requirement for a novel. It's really more of a novella but at least it'll give you some sort of skeleton to turn into a, a full book or to flesh out or maybe you trim out a bunch and you, you, you pull a couple of short stories out of it. Who knows? Those 10,000 words that I wrote in that one fell swoop I don't know, I don't remember if they were very good or if it, how, how interesting it was or how bad it was. My dad read that book. It was a book about birds. It's called Wings of Murder. It's actually the, the second book of mine, one of two books that my dad's read. <clears throat> he read my, my novel after summer recently. But anyways, I don't know where I was going to go with this talk specifically, but I know I'm either going to tell you a story or I'm just going to make something up. <sighs> just make it up on the fly. And as I'm looking across, I'm on the top of a four-story parking garage, and as I'm looking across these, these buildings, I'm trying to think of, think of uh, a story to tell you. Gonna, I was thinking of one this morning when I got up about somebody named Barbara Krasansky or something. I don't know. I'm not going to go with that. So imagine there's this guy. His name's, I'm going to call him Ted. And Ted, he, um, he's been working at this church. It's an, it's an old church. It was built back in the 1900s. Specifically, it was finished right around 1860, 1870, 
right around the time of the, the World's Fair in Chicago. And Ted, he's been working at this church for the past five years. And he knows the church pretty dang well. He maintains the outside. He was hired originally just to kind of pick up the outside because Ted, he's not the, the brightest fellow. He's not stupid, exactly. It's not like he's an idiot or anything. He just, he's lacking a few intelligence points. He just, he's a little bit slower than other people. He talks a little bit slower. He works a little bit slower. And so a friend of his, it was actually a friend of his, his, his parents knew Ted and they knew that he, uh, he would do well if he, if he had something to do because he wasn't spending much of his time doing anything beneficial. He would just kind of, he would, he would wander streets and just kind of go on long walks by himself. He'd never have it, had a job and at that time he was 25 years old. And no, no actual real job. He did some small things. He would snow shovel for people to clear there. They'd give him five, ten bucks, whatever, 20 bucks if they did his, the, the whole driveway. Sometimes they'd bring him out a coffee or something like that. But he never had an actual job where he had to go in and fill an application out and pay taxes and get an actual paycheck. Nothing like that. It was just cash jobs. Sweep somebody's backyard or pick up dog doo-doo or you know, help somebody weed in for an afternoon. Things like that. Wash their windows. Wash a car, mow a lawn, rake up some leaves. And so when Ted's parents, they were talking to one of the, the church deacons, one of the elders there, and they heard, um, overheard one of the church elders saying they were looking, they were, they were considering bringing on some, somebody to kind of keep things picked up around, around the church. The church had been doing well. The past few months, they'd seen an increase in attendance. The, the number of, of, of people showing up had had gone up by about 50 people or so and so the money coming into the church was a little bit higher the tithe money was was increasing a little bit and they actually had a budget for for the time being at least if if things kept on like this and the people that showed up if they stuck around they'd have a budget not a big one but a budget to hire somebody just right around minimum wage, maybe a dollar over, not, nothing crazy. Then nobody's going to be going and buying a, a home off of this money, but they, they could live by themselves, maybe. They could certainly pay some bills. They could certainly buy themselves some meals with the money and would give somebody something to do. And they were trying to figure out who, who to offer this job to because it, it wouldn't be a super challenging job. So it would have to be somebody that didn't need a major challenge because somebody that's a, a big-time CEO on, on one end of the spectrum, they're not going to want to just putz around a church and pick up the trash and clean the windows and that kind of stuff. So they're trying to figure out who, who, would, who would be a good fit for this. And so when Ted's parents heard that, they thought, oh, you know, our son, he seems like it would be a good fit for that. So they went over and they said, hey, You've met our son, Ted. He's, he comes to church every once in a while with us. Would you uh, consider giving him the job if he was interested? We could, we'll run it by him when we see him. 
see what he thinks and if and if you if you know of course if he's interested would that do you think that'd be a good fit and they said oh wow yeah you know that uh that does seem like it would be a good fit it seems like a, a great fit actually by all means tell your son let him let him know let him know we're looking for somebody to you know it'd be basic stuff to go around just kind of keep the keep the church in order make sure the doors are locked after a certain time make sure that things are tidy around here pick up the the bottles that, that some of the homeless people leave around or whatever that the kids throw out of their cars pick up the trash just keep things nice and tidy yeah by all means see what he says so the parents Ted's parents went home over lunch they they told him and uh well five years later Ted's still working there and the thing is is that even as simple as Ted is even as unsophisticated you might say as he is it's not like he's reading textbooks for nuclear physics or anything like that he'll read stories if he reads anything at all he likes graphic novels and and comics he likes reading various magazines he'll read the occasional article online about something even even as simple as ted is the prospect of the job while at first glance seemed good seemed actually almost almost too challenging for Ted like, oh man I've got to remember to, to he, he, it, it was it was it was kind of a challenge for him so when the the church elders the the deacons the the pastor when it when because they're all kind of served as as his boss he um he was having trouble with the with the tasks and they realized okay we're gonna have to we're gonna have to take this one at a time. We can't tell him to to do the weeding and clean the windows and pick up the bathroom and empty the bathroom trash and this and this and the, 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 the. even though it kind of seems like it all falls under the same category, they realized for somebody of Ted's mental aptitude that these were all individual tasks. And indeed they are. They are all individual tasks. But whereas somebody that has a few more intelligence points, you know, it's over 100 or in, in the 110 range or even over 90, honestly, that, that shouldn't be terribly difficult for them to piece together. For Ted, it was because he's hovering around the 85, 90 point range. So things like that, it's just, it, it doesn't quite click together for him. And so they realized what they were going to have to do is break it down break it down and 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 add to his list of things to do piece by piece by piece so they started out with just make sure that these trashes these three are empty that's your job and after a couple days of that they added on a couple other trash cans and then after that they added on the bathroom being cleaned, the, the sinks being wiped down, then after that, the, the bathroom trashes, they just added one thing after another after another. And after every couple of days, they would add a new thing. And then after a few months of this, about six months or so, 
they had him doing all of the various tasks that he needed to do. And he got it down into a rhythm. It was, there was this certain pattern that he would do. And he would do one thing, and then you go do the next thing, and then you go and you just repeat this circuit over and over and over. Make sure the weeds are picked, make sure the, the, the windows are cleaned, make sure the bathrooms are wiped down, make sure the trashes are changed, so on and so forth. But after six months of this, once he had gotten this, this pattern locked in, they realized that they had a new challenge, that the deacons, the, the pastors, they realized that, uh, well, now that Ted's got all of this down pat, he, he's, he's got it handled, he's got it figured out, we're going to have to come up with some new stuff to add to his plate or else he might get burnt out on this. This might, like, this is a good fit. We, we like Ted working here. He's a good guy. He's nice. He's, he's friendly. He's never caused any problems. He's, he's kind of the perfect employee for this position. We don't want anybody else coming for this, but we also need to keep him engaged. How are, how are we going to do that? And they didn't see it as being a problem right away. It wasn't like, oh, this is going to be an issue. And so they, they had a meeting. They said, you know, we got to figure out how to keep Ted interested in the job at large. It was easy to do at first because every few days, every week or something, we could add a new task. But we can't really add any more tasks at this point. One person suggested, they said, well, there are some things that maybe he could do that are currently outside of his his skill basket. Things like plumbing and electrical work. And people are saying, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you want the guy that picks up the trash and, and cleans the window and we had to point out these things to him piece by piece, slowly, slowly by slowly, to start doing electrical work? Does he know how to do electrical work? Well, no, but we could teach him. Do you know how to do electrical work there, Benny? No, I, I hire a guy. Okay, so who's going to teach him? How are we going to do that? And they thought, you know, well, maybe what we could do here, church attendance has still been going good, and everything's been kind of on a, a steady rise. A, the graph, if we were to have one, would show a, a nice jump back there towards the end of last year, whatever happened there, that we got that nice bump of 50-odd, 60, 60-odd people coming up, a bunch of families. Tithe money started increasing. So we got that budget, which is what allowed us to bring Ted on. But things have been going well. We, we've seen a, a, a general increase in, in attendance. Not, not major, but things have been going well. And that budget that we have, that we're paying Ted with, we're... We're able to stockpile some more money here. The coffers are doing well. So what if... What if we gave Ted a raise? Okay, you know, we start there. Thank you, Ted. You've been doing so well. You've been here for a year now. 
we're gonna, we gave you that raise after the first six months. You went from $9 to $10, but we're gonna, we're gonna bump you up to $12 now because we, we really wanna keep you around. But in addition to that, we're going, if, you, if you're willing, we will pay for you to take a class at the local community college. They've got a, a, a trade section there. They've got some things where you can learn some auto shop stuff. They've got some things where you could learn some, some plumbing. They've got uh, an electrical class that you can do. They've got, some, they've got a bunch of different classes. And if you want, they pulled Ted in for a meeting for this, the, the, the pastor and the HR lady. If, you, if you're interested, we will pay you your same hourly rate, the same rate that you get for working here to go to this class, in addition to paying for the class for you. So you don't have to pay anything out of your pocket. We will give you money to go to this class. And Ted wasn't really sure what to make of that. He was like, well, that's not... At first he was confused. Like, wait a second, you're gonna pay me to work, but I'm not gonna be working. I don't, what? I don't, he, he couldn't, he was having a hard time wrapping his head around that. And they were saying, well, here's the thing, Ted. And they, had, they broke it down for him. You know how you learned how to do the, the picking up the trash and, and taking care of the, the bathrooms and doing all that? Yeah, okay, well, this is a new skill. If, if you want it, we're not telling you have to, it's just an option. You can stay doing what you're doing. Would you like to learn a new skill? Would you like to learn something about cars or how to fix the, the electricity and the wires? Or would you like to figure out how to do the plumbing so you can fix the pipes and the bathroom and, and how, how, how water works? Would you like to learn any of that? Well, I don't know, I don't know. And uh, he told them that he wanted to think about it. And they said, okay, yeah, by all means, please, good, good, think about it. And they, after Ted le left, they were kind of wondering, like, well, what is he going to think about? It seems pretty cut and dry to them. But they didn't realize that the way that Ted's mind works doesn't work quite the same way as it does for them. For them, they took for granted all of the small pieces. They took for granted that going to a class and going to a new place, they, they, they didn't consider all of the variables that that included. But for Ted, it wasn't just going to school to learn a skill. That's, that wasn't that, it wasn't that simple at all. It was far more complicated than that. It was going to a new place that he'd never been and interacting with new people and finding a new bathroom. So when, I mean, where was he gonna to go to the bathroom? He didn't know that. He knew where the bathroom was at church if he had to go to the bathroom. He knew where the drinking fountain was at the church. He didn't know where any of that was at the school. So it wasn't just a small thing. It was a big deal. It, was, it wasn't one unit to just kind of piece out and figure out at the time that he got there. It was a number of things. So when they offered classes, for Ted, it wasn't just, oh, I'm gonna learn classes or I'm gonna go to a class. It was, I'm gonna go to a class and then I've gotta figure out where to get pencils and paper and I've gotta figure out where to get the books. And it was just, it was 
It wasn't one thing, it was 20 or 30 or 50 things. And he didn't know if he wanted to do that. He wasn't sure if that was worth the the, the effort. In a sense, he felt like he should get paid twice as much because it was so much more work. But they weren't offering twice as much. They were, they were offering the same rate of pay. So he was thinking, what do, what do I get out of this? I get pay. I get paid my, my regular rate, which they gave me a raise. So I'm making $12 an hour now. Okay. The classes, let's say it's two hours. They said it would be an hour and then a, and a little break for lunch and then another hour or so. Two and a half hours probably. And they said they would round it up to three hours because of, I got to take the bus there. So three hours that I get paid. Okay, so he did the math. He put it down on the calculator and paper. $36 and he knew that the rate of tax would make it around $25 that he actually got. It's $25 to go and do all this or $25 to just stay at the church. And in fact, the day that they said the class was was on Mondays and usually I work a full eight hours on Monday. So that's another five hours that I typically work. So I get more than double the amount of money, but I also have the day, the rest of the day off on Monday, or they said I could come back to the church and, and work the, re- the other half of the day here. So I could still make the same amount of money that I normally do pretty much, maybe a little bit less, maybe I lose an hour and, or something. And so he had to weigh all of these different things. It wasn't just a, a, a single, oh, learn a skill, get, a, get some money. In the end, he decided that he would do it. And the reason that he decided to do it is because he, f- he compared the learning of the new skill from the, the community college, the trade school sector that they had there, to learning a new aspect of his job at the church that he did. And what he remembered that he liked so much about learning that new thing, being given the new task, was the challenge that it was. It was frustrating sometimes to learn how to clean the windows exactly how they wanted or or which order to, to go through the bathrooms or how, what, where to get the, the trash bags for the trashes and where, to, where the, the broom closet was. It took him some time to remember all that. But once he had it, he, he felt better about himself and he liked that. He liked that he, he, he had ownership in the church. He had a certain way that he, he liked to do things and, and that, that, was, that was something that he took pride in. And he thought, you know, maybe if I go and learn this skill, maybe I could be more valuable to the church. They've got that, that shuttle van that they use. They take some of the, the elderly people from the, the elderly home, they give them rides. Maybe I could help them fix that so they don't have to take it into the repair shop if I, do, if I did the, the auto shop class. Or maybe they wouldn't have to pay $150 to go and get some of the drains cleaned when, they, when, the, when the plumbing goes bad. I could do that myself if I did the plumbing class. Or if, if they needed a, a light switch changed or a new circuit breaker or, or some electrical wires changed. I could do that. They wouldn't have to pay an electrician to do that. 
I could be even more valuable to the church. And he wasn't thinking about it in terms of money. He wasn't thinking, oh, oh, I'll get another raise and, and, I, and I can start demanding. It, w- it wasn't that at all. It was he saw himself as a part of the church, as a, as a part of this unit. The church was, yeah, it was the building, sure. That, that's where you went and that's what you call the church. But it was also the people. And in a large way, it wasn't even the building itself or the people itself. It was what those things represented. And on some level, Ted was more aware of this than even the people with the higher levels of intelligence or that would score higher on an IQ test. He understood that he was, he was like a, an ant in a colony. And the more that an individual ant could do, the more valuable that ant was to the colony. And so he realized the more things that he could do for the church, the more valuable he would be to the church. And it wasn't that he saw that value as a monetary value and that he could turn the, 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 the number of skills that he had and that he could offer to the church as something that he could turn into to a higher paycheck. He didn't think of it that way. It was something that he took personal pride in, that he actually he enjoyed what he could offer to the church. Yeah, making $12 an hour was better than making 10 of course, which was better than making the, the 9 that, that he had started at. Yeah, 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 that's great. But it didn't really matter that much to him. As long as he could pay his rent, because his parents had started charging him rent, he paid them $400 a month in rent. As long as he could pay that, which he did, no problem. As long as he could buy his bus pass, which he could, no problem. As long as he could buy the lunch that he, he liked to buy from, from the Trader Joe's, he bought the same thing every week. He'd buy the same things, get a bag, he'd get some of the, the Triscuit-like crackers, get a couple cans of tuna, a couple packages of turkey. On Monday, he'd have the, the tuna. On Tuesday, he'd have the turkey. On Wednesday, he'd have the tuna. He, he went back and forth between the two. He'd get some, a new jar of mayo. Not every week. You get that every couple, usually once a month. You'd get a bag of of the the baby kale that they had there. Sometimes he'd get a box of cookies and he'd have one or two of the the Oreo-like cookies. Sometimes he'd get the animal cookies. He'd switch that up depending on what he was feeling like. Then he'd get some bags of trail mix, two or three different ones, change it up. Usually the same kind, but sometimes he'd get some banana chips or some of the the apple rings to add into that and he'd, he'd munch on that throughout the day he had his routine down and he was a segment a part of the church and he was valued and people liked what he did there was the the little coffee kiosk that they'd brought in a couple months back and he'd help them set that up he helped them put that together it had come as a in a, in a real big box, a crate. He helped a couple of the, the other guys from the church take apart the crate and hand them tools that they needed and pass them parts. They put the, the coffee crate together, the, the coffee cart together. And every, every Sunday, it was his job to wheel it out, fill the, the crafts with water, plug it in, run the extension cord, he would wrap up the extension cord. He knew exactly where it went. 
put it on a coil, roll it up when it was time to put it away and uncoil it. He'd put the little cord protector down. Every once in a while, somebody would be a little bit early and he'd have to tell them, oh, hang on, hang on, let me watch out, watch your step. People would say, thank you, Teddy. Thanks, thanks. Thanks for helping out. Oh, thanks for getting that set up. And he liked that. He liked feeling valuable. That was worth way more than the, the paycheck that he got every couple of weeks and the occasional bonus that he would get an, an extra thank you on his birthday or around Christmas or Easter church would usually get him a, a gift card to, to Best Buy or or Target or just a Visa gift card that just had money that he could spend anywhere which he liked because he would just use it to spend money for his lunch at Trader Joe's and it was a girl that started working the, the coffee cart. And that was actually one of the biggest reasons that he decided to take the church's offer to do the classes. Because he thought, you know what, on some level, and it was, it was hard for him to, to fully articulate, but he thought, you know what, if I could do one of those things, the car repair or the, the plumbing or the electricity or, or some of the, the other classes that they've got there, the, the gardening and the, the soil maintenance, if I could do that, I wonder if Becky, who, who works the coffee cart, I wonder if she'd pay attention to me a little bit more than she does. She's already, she was already nice to him. It wasn't that she ignored him, not, not by any stretch of the imagination. But she didn't pay him the kind of attention that he was wanting from her. It was, she, she was nice, she was cordial, polite, friendly, but he wanted a little bit more than that. And he thought, you know, if I take this class, maybe I'll be more appealing to her. And so that was a large reason for that. But he never would have gotten to that point if he hadn't taken the job. And on some level, way back a year and a half ago, back before he was working at the, the church, before his parents had presented the idea to him, he, he knew something was missing in his life. He didn't know what exactly, but there was something and what he realized, if you had been able to pick his brain and if he'd been able to articulate this, which was probably not the case, but what he would have been able to realize was that what was missing, what was missing inside of him wasn't any specific one thing. It wasn't as though there was a, a circle-shaped hole in him and he needed a circle put into that hole. It was just a void in that anything could go into that void. Some things would work better, some things would work worse, some things would fill it, some things would fit real nicely, some things would fit kind of poorly. He could have filled that void with going out and finding stray pets and torturing them, and that would have probably filled the void. But that would have been a real bad way to fill that void. What he realized was that or what he would have realized if he'd been able to, if he had the mental capacity to realize this, somebody had sat him down and really 
pried into his brain and got him to talk about it, what, he, what they would have discovered is that by him helping other people and they helping him, it, it provided a, a community, a, um, a scenario in which one thing fed off of another. It was, it was a, a symbiotic relationship. The church gave Ted a, a job and a, and a place to work and a thing to do, and Ted gave them exactly that in return. He gave them his work and his time and his energy, and, and they, they, the church appreciated that, and the people that went to the church appreciated that, and it worked together harmoniously and great. And uh, yeah, that's the end of that story. I don't really know what the point of that story was. I don't really know why I told you that story. I made that up entirely. Right now, I had no idea that I was going to tell you that story. It's not like I planned any of that out ahead of time. I just started talking and, and making things up. And that story was inspired because I saw this church, the steeple across the way. And so I just started... I pictured somebody cleaning the windows, and I, so then I just went went from there and just started ran, running with it. The one thing I would have wished I would have done a little bit differently with the story is talk a little bit quicker, speed it up a little bit. But um, beyond that, that's when I think I'm at my best is when I just start going off and I just start rambling. But it's, it's hard to to do. I can't just get into that gear and start going and going and going and going and going. I've got to actually. I have to find that channel. I've got to tune into it. And doing that is easier said than done. Some days it happens and I just am going bam, 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 bam. And other times I'm not. There is something else that I wanted to talk about, but I think I'm going to save it for another day because I'm already at 35 minutes or so. Yeah, nearly 40 now, 38 minutes. And that is um, the paradox go ahead and give you a a, a primer. Oof, goodness. Burps and hiccups and quick inhales all at once. I'll give you a a, a little introduction to what I'm talking about. I'm not really sure how to start it, so I'm just going to start somewhere. It's it's like a giant pizza, and I'm not sure if I'm going to be starting in the middle to eat and just kind of fold it in half and go at it like that. That seems odd and bizarre and probably not the best way to do it because that won't make a whole lot of sense. But nothing tangible, none of, none of the homes that I'm looking at right now, none of the trees that I see, my, the shoes that I'm wearing, the clothes that I have on, the hair that's in my head, the skin that's on me right now, none of this, none of it lasts. Now I want to with that statement made, I want to ask you a little question. I want to do a little thought exercise. Imagine somebody says, okay, you have to be in one of these two places for an entire month. You got to pick one. Option A is a pit in the ground. It's 20 feet under the ground. It's a little hole down there, or it's it's like a room. It'll be completely sealed. You'll have zero light. 
You're, don't worry about air, you'll have air. But you'll have absolutely no light. You won't have anything down there at all. You'll be naked, you'll have no clothing, you'll have absolutely nothing except a blanket for you to, to wrap yourself in if, if, if you need. The, the temperature will be maintained at a constant, you, you can pick what it is, we'll say 75 degrees, 80 degrees, it will be that temperature all the time. It'll be perfectly monitored and, and perfectly controlled. You'll have zero light, no windows. Again, this is 50 feet under the ground, no access to anything. Besides that blanket, you will have absolutely nothing. A meal will be lowered down on a little platform three times a day. It will be the identical meal all the time. That's it. That, that will be a month of that. that. That's option A. Option B is a cabin in the woods somewhere. And one side of this cabin will be an entire glass window. Now you can't leave the cabin for the entire time that you're there, but you have a, a nice little kitchen, you've got food that will be delivered, you can write down a little list of what kind of ingredients you want every day on a piece of paper. You'll put that into a, a little slot and that'll be delivered or you'll have some little electronic device. We'll figure that out. Some means of putting in a request for the ingredients that you want. You can cook yourself. You'll, well, you don't have to cook, but it'd be advisable if you want to stay alive because eating food is, is a good thing to do. The, the meals will not be delivered. You'll have to do that yourself. This entire wall that will be a glass, it'll be a glass wall window, giant window, will look out onto a river that feeds into a lake on one side. You'll see trees. It will be a, an absolutely gorgeous, forest scene. You can spend a month there, that's option B, or you can spend the option in option A, which is the pit. There's no prize, there's no downside or upside to staying in either of these other than what is inherent in, in the quality of, of the location. Those are your options. What do you take? I would imagine that most people presented with those two options would take the forest cabin. Let's say that we opened up the, the possibility or the options of it not just being a forest cabin, but you could pick the location. You're not a big fan of forest? Okay, it can be a beachside. Not a big fan of forest or beach? Okay, it can be a, a snowy mountain. You, you want it to be a desert? You want it to be a, a jungle? You want it to, whatever. You, you pick the location. But the other one stays the pit. That's it. It's the pit or the location of your choice. Again, you're, you're confined to these rooms. You cannot leave that. So it's kind of like prison in that you can't leave. But the one you've got a lot of options and the other you don't. I would imagine most people would take the option B. Which is interesting to me. I would, I would take option B as well. I absolutely would take option B no way in hell that I want to be locked into a, a, a pit without light and have no sense of time, no, no idea. And that's the, that's the big thing right there. there. There'd be no sense of time, which is, is very interesting to me because the sense of time, the change of time is something that so many people dread. We, we fear 
time running out. We fear time going away. We fear, many people do, not, not all people, but many people fear their inevitable deaths. A lot of people wish that they could just stay right now. They just want to keep this right now. But then when given the option to, to, to feel what that would be like, to have just a constant now, being locked in that pit and not really knowing what, when one day begins and another one ends, I don't think anybody would really want that. Not many people. I'm pretty sure the vast majority of people would prefer the location of their choice with the, with the glass window that looks out onto the beautiful scene. <clears throat> but when you're presented with that option, or if you're staying in that location, the passage of time would be readily apparent. You would see the sun rise, and you'd see the sun set, and you'd see the leaves fall, and you'd see birds come and go. Every, everything about that, the sound, everything about it, would indicate a passage of time. You would see constant change. So why would somebody want to be shown constant change? Why would, why would you want that if you had the option to not? If someone said, you can live forever, but here's the option. You're frozen in a, 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 just a block of ice. You'll be alive. You just won't know that you're alive. You'll just be just in stasis indefinitely for all the rest of time. You'll just be kind of removed from the passage of time. Is that what you want? I think a lot of people, given the two extremes, you could be completely removed from time and you will exist in for all eternity, but you won't be aware of anything. You can either have that or you can have one second. You get one second of time. Which do you want? Given those two extremes, I'll tell you what I'd take. I'd take the one second. I would take the one second. This is an interesting way to look at it. Those two options. I've never done that before. And um, that's what I want to talk about next time I do this chat. I think I'll title the next chat One Second of Eternity, something like that. I don't know. All right. I'm going to call it good here. I love you.